We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. You know, it's 12.02 right now. If they want to fire me at 12.05, I'll go home and find something to do. I'll have a good day. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by BetMGM. It's Friday, December 11th, 2020. Alex Berutha here. On the line, we have Shannon McEwen and also Ken Katrain-Kreitz. All aboard! This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Rotowire.com. It's also now a video podcast on YouTube, so we would appreciate you guys checking that out. Uh, After we talk about some news today, we are going to get into the overrated players for this season for your fantasy drafts. Uh, Next week, we'll likely be doing underrated players, so stick around uh, for the next podcast. But... From Golden State, James Wiseman and Draymond Green expected to sit out uh, the entire preseason. Uh, It could be COVID-related. We don't really know. Coaches can't say why guys are in and out of practice, uh, if they're unavailable or not. It's just a lot of protocol stuff. doesn't mean they had COVID. They could have been exposed to somebody who did. Um, 
But, Ken, do you think this is a bigger problem for Draymond or for Wiseman? Well, it seems like a bigger issue for the rookie Wiseman. Boy, these poor rookies are getting gypped of a real offseason, of a real preseason, no summer league. Yeah, Wiseman's got to learn NBA rotations on defense. He's got to learn this presumably complicated playbook for the uh, Warriors. Uh, yeah, I, to me, this means possibly an even slower start for Wiseman. Feels bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with you, Ken. Um, yeah, he needs he needs practice time. He's not guaranteed a spot in the starting lineup. Um, so, and I I would actually argue if if he misses the entire preseason, which I believe is the case now, he's there's no way he starts early in the season. Like yeah, I might take a week or two at minimum once the regular season tips off before he even gets a chance. Yeah, I think I think Looney is going to start uh, this first preseason game, and I would expect him to start at the beginning of the regular season as well because of what you alluded to, Shannon. Um, it's hard to to not have a rookie play at all in the preseason and start him. I still expect Wiseman to see probably minutes in the mid to upper twenties, uh, maybe low twenties to very to start off very early in the season. Um, but I, Shannon, do you feel like Draymond is going to have a bounce back year, or are you still kind of worried about his age and what we saw last year? Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of Draymond this year. You know, his ADP is in the 60 range. So I, I'm i not picking him there. Um, I just, I don't think he's going to necessarily bounce back. Given his, you know, he's undersized for a big man. And, you know, 230, 6'6". He's aging now. He's in his 30s. I know that's not old. But, you know, he, he's a guy who played three or four years in college. I believe it was four. Um, and with that, I mean, what we saw last year, his, his lack of to really step up and lead the Warriors when, when Curry and everyone else was out uh, makes me hesitant to think he's going to do what he used to do in his prime. Um, I, I, I'm, I, looking, I'm looking forward, Shannon, to a lot more Charles Barkley uh, single-double jokes. Or is a double single? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, not to mention Draymond and Curry and those guys all have a ton of playoff miles on them. They have like two extra seasons on their bodies just from all the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they've gone yeah. through. Uh, Ken, do you? I mean, I'm looking in the our our document right here. It says you have a, a beginning of the podcast rant. We're going double rant, baby. James Harden, what the f? Video of him partying in Las Vegas partying in Atlanta, total disregard for the pandemic. Houston has kissed his ass for years. He wanted Dwight Howard. They got Howard. He wanted Chris Paul. They got Paul. He wanted Russell Westbrook. They got Russell. Now they have no assets and he's bitching incessantly. Harden has now graciously expanded his list of teams. He's willing to be traded to as if these title contenders want this giant contract and ball hogging game on their roster. As a reminder, he's making $85 million this year and next and has a $47 million player option for 22-23 when he's 33 years old. Shannon and or Alex, where, oh, where could Harden possibly fit? Shannon, you go first, sir. Well, Ken, the answer is anywhere. You're, you're disrespecting one of the two or three best offensive players to ever step on an NBA court. Uh, I, any team would love to have Harden, um, and they're foolish if, if they weren't. You know, I, I, you see, I saw a Heat, a Heat fan poll yesterday or a couple days ago, 
And it was, it was, do you want Harden on your team? Even if you had to give up Tyler hero and like 55% of heat fans did not want to give up Tyler hero for James Harden. And those fans are legitimately insane. Uh, you trade, you absolutely trade Tyler hero in a package to get James Harden. Um, he, he's still one of the five best players in the NBA. Um, and he would fit with any team. You think he's going to play championship defense for these two new teams he goes to? We've been over that many times, Ken. He's played much better defense the past couple of years than what he did earlier in his career. Um, and that doesn't matter because of what he brings on the offensive end. He's always going to be a, a plus. Might have to politely agree to disagree. Alex, break up this tie. And more realistically, though, also, who has, though, the package to give back to Houston uh, to make the Rockets want to do this deal. Well, if you're Houston, you want a promising young player and you want picks, right? So that eliminates that eliminates Milwaukee, which was a team you brought up. They have no package for Harden whatsoever. Um, you know, the Heat, Hero and picks is fine, but it, to me it doesn't feel like enough. Um, and I think, I don't know. I mean, if you're bringing Harden in, to some extent, you worry about a culture fit, I think, and you worry about maybe pissing off your other stars, depending on how much he wants the ball. I think that's your main concern. Um, I would still want to trade. Like, if I was the Heat, I would still want to trade for him, right? Um, other teams, I mean, obviously, we've heard the Sixers before. Um, I mean, he just talked about wanting to go to a contender. There just aren't that many contenders that have the pieces to give away and then would remain good enough for him to like the team. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's, you you guys both mentioned Miami. Do you see Jimmy Butler enjoy playing with James Harden? He's notoriously not gotten along with past teammates. Yeah. Those guys weren't MVPs though. So he, he's notoriously got not gotten along with young, unproven players. Um, James Harden is automatic 50 wins. James Harden is 30 points per game. He's an MVP. I, I think it's different. Um, you know, legit, the, the two most likely uh, landing spots for Harden, I still believe, are the Nets or the Sixers. Um, but again, I, I think there are tons of teams that could, you know, even a team like, I think, like Portland and Dame Lillard and, and Harden being together, that would be great. And you could say that about a 50% percent of the teams in the NBA. Um, it's well, I, don't know, be tough. I don't think 50, I don't think 50% <clears throat> of the teams in the NBA have the package Houston's. Right, system. right, right. Absolutely. Ken, if, if, if you're Danny Ainge, do you have to pick up the phone if Houston calls about Jalen Brown or James Harden? I mean, as a fan from my heart, I say, <laughs> don't answer that phone, Danny. I have, I have, I have total faith in Ainge to make the right decision. <laughs> But uh, I don't want to see Harden in Celtic Green. I, I made my stance pretty clear. I, I don't agree with uh, Shannon. I worry that uh, the future Harden's not going to be the past Harden. But uh, yeah, it'd have to be Brown. I'm sure as heck not giving up Jason Tatum for uh, or um, Harden. And I I can't imagine. I don't really believe the Rockets would take Brown uh, in picks. But you know, things are going to get uglier and uglier. They might down the road. You're, you're insane, Ken. And I've turned the, I've turned the corner on, on Brown. I like Brown a lot now. Um, but you are absolutely insane. <laughs> you think Harden's going to like playing in Boston? No. The fans but, get on him on his first lazy non-rotation. I doubt it. He's going <laughs> to, 
He's been so my here's my fear. He's been so coddled by Houston. Houston has bent over backwards. No other organization's going to be that. What's the word I'm looking for? That uh, do whatever he wants to it for him. I, I don't know. You do that for players who average 35 points per game. I'm sorry. Like you do that for a guy who. And then you your trash your team, team. Chemi- but then you trash your team chemistry when you have a star policy and an everyone else policy. No, no, dude, he has a problem with the owner. All right, and there are total legitimate gripes there. You, you personally would not work for that owner. So I'll be true. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> would I party in Vegas? You have party. twenty years ago. You would have. <laughs> not during a global <laughs> pandemic. True. But anyway, let's move on, Alex. I, I know there's some news out of Indiana. Yeah, uh, T.J. Warren of the Indiana Pacers, diagnosed with plantar fasciitis. He's out for what the Pacers described as weeks, which is about as vague as you can get. Uh, it's a tough injury, though. It's a tough injury to come back from. Um, it's persistent. We've seen guys have it, and they're just in and out of the lineup for the entire year. This is a guy also Warren who has a, had an injury of history, uh, injury of history, a history of injuries throughout his career. I think in his six years he's played about 350 games, a lot of 40 game seasons. There's 60 game seasons in there. Um, I mean, this is tough for the Pacers, depending on how long he misses, because he's basically 20 points a game on 50 percent shooting. So, I mean, uh, to your point, Alex, last year's 67 games career high for him. Yeah, exactly. Last year was was his healthiest year. Um, I, I, I guess, Ken, do you, I mean, how late does Warren have to go at this point? Because previously he was going in like the 80s or the 100, you know, kind of 120 range because of the injury. He was going, he was going in the 50 to 60 range in a lot of drafts. Yeah. Oh, that was crazy. I think Maybe. he's free agency fodder now to the point about no one really knows how long it takes to heal from plantar fasciitis. And you've heard players in multiple sports think it's okay, come back, and then they're injured again. It's just one of those injuries, kind of like lower back, right. that no one really can predict when it's healthy or when it's okay. Or or worse, he comes back, but he's at 70%, um, and your damage is trade value whatnot. You know, what I find interesting is, I guess I didn't appreciate how thin the pacer bench was until this Warren injury comes up. I mean, what does this mean? They move Aladipo to small forward and Aaron Holiday's your starting shooting guard? Is Jeremy Lamb going to get healthy and be your starter? Uh, You know, they already are kind of better off when Sabonis and Turner don't play together, but it's almost like they don't have that option now. This just scares me from a whole rotation basis for the Pacers. Right. Yeah. I mean, on that end, Jeremy Lamb, he's he's rehabbing from a torn ACL. Uh, he's not expected to be back until like mid-January. So there's some question marks there. But assuming if the T.J. Warren injury ends up lingering long term, yeah, Jeremy Lamb definitely gets a nice boost. Justin Holiday, Aaron Holiday. I'm not a big fan of of either Holiday brother from Pacers this year. I don't expect him to do much for for most standard size leagues. If it's deep enough, I'll go with Aaron. Um, but I, I, I would say it's mostly Oladipo and Turner that are going to benefit from this, Ken. You know, I, I do think they're going to be forced to play Sabonis and Turner more often. Um, and then Oladipo, uh, who I have already have way too much exposure to um, <laughs> due to his, his very attractive ADP, 
uh, in the 80 to 90 range. Um, I think I was already expecting him to bounce back. And if, if Warren proves to be out um, or if it's a week to week thing and he misses, you know, he only plays 70 percent of the games, then I, I love Oladipo all the more. The shots will certainly be there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, in other news, Paul George uh, for the LA Clippers signed a four-year, $190 million contract extension. Uh, that goes on top of his player option. That was for next season. So he's uh, in a Clipper uniform for this year and another five seasons after that, basically. Um, I, To some extent, I think this might be a little bit of an overpay, but this is kind of also what you do when you have an all-NBA caliber player on your team, even if he was horrible in the playoffs, you're trying to keep Kawhi Leonard. You're trying to stay relevant while you're building a new stadium. Um, He's going to be making like $45 million when he's 33, 34, something like that, if not even older. But most of the time, you know, when you sign a guy early 30s, late 20s to a max deal, you're not getting great value towards the end. So I've heard some people say this is an overpay, but I think ultimately kind of something you had to do. And was there a deadline here? I don't know the whole timing deadlines on these. Like, why couldn't they have, I don't know, given this a month or two to see how they bounce back from that terrible bubble showing? I mean, that's a that's a fair question. I just think they're worried. They'd just be worried about if they look bad that Paul George might not want to be there at all, even for one hundred and ninety million dollars. I think both sides kind of just wanted, I don't know. I mean, Paul George wanted $190 million, I'm sure. Uh, and, and the Clippers are going to hang on to competitiveness. Because um, even if Kawhi leaves, having Paul George there and the ability to kind of build a roster around him to some extent, they'll still be good. Um, yeah. We'll see. I actually think this is like the the sign of the Clippers resurgent, resurgence ending. Um, essentially if they don't win a championship this season or come very, very close to winning a championship, I think Kawhi, uh, opts out of his player option for next year and he's gone. Um, and then they're going to be locked in with Paul George and whatever, you know, and Luke Kennard as the future of that franchise. So good luck, but we'll see. It all depends on how they do this year. If I have to hear any more Luke Kennard, super duo conversations, man, I'm, I'm going to go crazy. (laughs) <laughs> when did that happen that's sarcasm sarcasm okay. shit. All right. <laughs> uh yeah i kind of wish shannon I, I i just this worries me a lot it, it seems like it'd be one thing if he had a good bubble but that bubble just scares me maybe i'm making too big a deal out of a small sample size but the, uh, the chemistry issues seem real here and now you're married uh it's like it's like you were dating briefly. It hasn't gone bad, and you think, well, if we get married, it'll solve it. I wouldn't know anything about that, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> and I, I am not going to comment on that. You're not going to get me in trouble. <laughs> for the record, my wife and I dated for a very long time. Yeah, moving on. Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, and Kyrie Irving each fined twenty-five thousand dollars for Irving refusing to participate in multiple team media events. There's no fantasy news here. I'm just amused that Kyrie is finding new ways for people to hate him. On the fine, Irving said, and this is so obnoxious, quote, I do not speak to pawns, unquote. 
Guys, is he the most hateable player in the NBA, or is it James Harden? Uh, I don't even know at this point. I, I Kyrie is just kind of. I feel. I feel like Kyrie is obnoxious. Um, Flatlander, kind of, kind of fake woke, but I, I don't know, man. It, it just. I mean, to some extent, I don't blame him for not wanting to talk to the media. I can't say that if I was an NBA player, I would want to speak to the media all the time, right? If 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 we if someone you know walked into the Rotowire office and put a camera and microphone in my face and was like that note you wrote not but as good as the last but one. But Alex, but Alex, which NBA player does want to talk to the media? You know, like it's part Gary of the job. Dudley. Do you want know. to come into the office? No. Do you want to wear pants? No. But you do. It's part of the job. Yeah, it's it's a little different, but I I agree. It's. I don't know. I don't think $25,000 is going to stop him from kind of just turning his shoulder. For the, I don't for, think it stops him either, but sorry, Shannon, go ahead. The, you know, for, as, as to the question, uh, for me, it's easy. It's Kyrie is the most hateable NBA player. And I don't even think it's close. I, I, I countless times said, I don't understand the hard and hate. I love watching him play. I think he's one of the best offensive players of all time. Kyrie, uh, he's a very, very, very good player. <clears throat> I also think, like Alex said, he's fake woke. Uh, he probably believes in QAnon. Like, I think he's legitimately insane. Uh, so I'm good. I, I hate everything he says almost every day. I don't know what fake woke means, but so I'll just agree with you two. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, tell us about our good friends at BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month RotoWire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website, and once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 1-800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Also, when you sign up, use uh, promo code ROTO ROTO uh, to get that free subscription. And I'll make sure you're all set. That's right. Shannon, personally, make sure everyone gets the free subscription. All right, gentlemen, let's go to our main topic. Overrated players for the upcoming 2021 season. Uh, This week, we're going to throw shade at overrated players for the upcoming season. Next week, we'll dive into underrated ballers. Shannon, let's start with you. Who is your most overrated player for the upcoming season? I I do not believe in the Jeremy Grant hype. I'm forever a Pistons homer, uh, but I am not selecting him 
It depends. It depends. So in, in some leagues, I've done best ball drafts uh, this week where I see him going in the 50 to 60 range. Um, that's partially due to position scarcity um, I, on different platforms. But I, there's no way I'm picking Jeremy Grant in the 50, 60, 70 range. Uh, in most standard leagues, his ADPs in the 90 to 100 range seem to go as high as like 80. I I just I can't pick him there. I mean, that's that the the 80 80 range. If he's going that high, you know, you've got you've got Gallinari, you got Tyler Hero, Eric Bledsoe, uh, Ananobi. I like Ananobi more than I like more than I like Grant for this season. Um, it's close, but I, yeah, I just, I, I think Grant's overhyped. Everyone expects him to be a player that he hasn't been just because he's joining a, a crap team. When we do our Harvey Grant episode, where we talk about good players on bad teams, I'm looking, I'm look, looking forward to discussing his son, Jeremy Grant on the Pistons. Uh, Alex, how do you feel about the hype for Jeremy Grant? I think the hype would be pretty justified if Blake Griffin was not on the team anymore or sure. already like out for the year, right? Um, Which is what, 50, 60 chance that he gets hurt yeah. and out for the year? Well, if, yeah, or that he maybe gets dealt and he doesn't get the easiest contract to get traded. But, I mean, Grant's a, Grant is a high-floor player, right? He's been on OKC, he's been on Denver. We've seen him just average 16 and 6. He can do that. We know he's going to. Um, whether or not he can take a step forward while playing more small forward next to um, Blake Griffin, who's going to take up a ton of the offense. Derek Rose is going to take up a ton of the offense. Killian Hayes may not be able to get him the ball that well as a rookie. Um, I'm not, I might still take him in the 80, 90 range, but I do agree with Shannon that there are players with, with more upside there, especially Ananobi. I think a lot of people are just drafting Grant with the hope that late in the season, the Pistons completely give up and that he becomes the focal point of the offense, basically. I'm a little worried, to Shannon's point, that Grant becomes a field goal and free throw percentage killer with the added volume. You know, early in his career, as a rookie, he shot 35%. He shot 42% his sophomore year with Philadelphia. Uh, it was only recently when he was more of a compliment in OKC in Denver did he shoot well. He's never shot better than 75% from the free throw line, and that was last season. Uh, I think he's going to get a ton of shots, especially when uh, Blake gets eventually hurt. But I do worry he he's a bit of a percentage killer on a lot of force volume. He's never been the guy, you know, and I, that's a but, huge yeah. leap. Support to the guy. Like, hello. Mm-hmm. When, when was Jeremy Grant ever double teamed? He's never going to be the guy. He won't be the guy in Detroit either. The, the best count for him is his career best season in OKC, 2018-2019. He averaged 13 and a half, five boards. One assist, 1.3 blocks, 1.4 three-pointers. Those are good numbers. I think that's attainable. I think anyone expecting him, I think our projections for him, for instance, 16.5 and and 5.5, there's no way in hell he averages 16.5 points. He's, no matter who's on the floor, he's he's never going to be the number one option on offense for that team. Never. How would you feel about uh, an over-under wager uh, on a fancy mixed drink 14 and a half. And I'll take the push, over. I'll, t- I'll take the, if you push it to 15, um, I'll take the under on 15. Ah, what the heck? All right, 15. All right. Here we all go. Right. I think, all right. I, I, 
Well, I was going to say, I think for the Pistons, actually, you're probably going to get more value drafting Mason Plumley than you Absolutely. would Jeremy Grant. Right? Yeah. We'll, talk, we'll talk about him next week. Next week, yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right, Alex, take us to your most overrated player for 2021. I think it's going to be Zion Williamson. His ADP yes. on Yahoo right now, and some of that's nine cat leagues, keep that in mind, is 27. I do not think Zion Williamson will be ranked 27th when the season is over. Uh, our projections have him at 78th, and I have no problem with our projections. He's going to miss some time. Um, I'm not even really factoring that in, by the way. He is good for field goal percentage, obviously. He's great for points. His rebounds were fine. He's more of an offensive rebounder. I'm a little worried about his defensive rebounding, but I wouldn't be surprised if Stan Van Gundy finds a way to try to get him to get more defensive boards. But the thing is, he has no other, zero other contributions in category leagues. His free throw percentage is abysmal, and he takes like 10 a game, right? His free throw percentage killer is just as bad as Giannis was last year. He gets no assists, no steals, and no blocks. He was a terrible defender. So, I think he could increase the assists. I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged three, maybe three and a half assists this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he got one, one and a half combined steals and blocks. I just think yeah. that drafting him 27th is the absolute, absolute very peak ceiling that he could have this year. Um, and I wouldn't, I would not touch him at that range. You know what kills me about Zion? That one year at Duke, he had um, 3.9 steals and blocks a game 3.9 and when I, I we were doing our draft preview stuff i was like excited about that i was like i right. can't this is going to be awesome to see him play d and he was terrible on the defensive end L- both mentally and physically lost looked out of shape i assume he's going to get in a better shape but i could not figure out why his defense was so terrible after those gaudy numbers at duke he, but it's true they were he Part of his issue is he does not have very good lateral movement. He is an absolutely amazing north and south athlete. He's an amazing straight up and down vertical athlete. He is not good moving side to side. And a lot of players he's going to be guarding. He's a yeah, 100%. He is a fullback. I don't know. Shannon, how do you feel about this? All right. I I guess it depends on where exactly he's going. I agree with you that I would not pick him uh, with a top 30 pick. Um, but when I start to look at players that are being selected in the 30, 40, 50 range, um, I absolutely could see myself grabbing him, you know, at, you know, maybe 37. Um, you know, if I, am I going to pick him over, do I like LaMarcus Aldridge or DeMontis Sabonis more than I like Zion Williamson? I do not. I would rather have Zion than those two. I mean, Zion, I I hear all of your concerns. They're valid. The defensive concerns that Ken brought up, valid. But he averaged 22.5 points as a rookie last season. A a rookie who was really rusty and not healthy uh, for most of the season. Only played 28 minutes per game. I mean, let's just adjust to his per 36. Per 36, he averaged 29 and 8 with 2.7 assists. Uh, the, the, the defensive stats weren't there. Three-point shooting wasn't there. Uh, free throw percentage is a concern, but he, he also is uh, be- bellied up, bayed up by a 58.3% Ooh, field goal percentage. Already slip with the belly up there. Yeah, Big I know. Uh, so <laughs> I, 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 like, I like him as, you know, top 30 pick, no, top 40, 
I'm going to bite in some leagues, especially point points-based leagues. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, I'll be all over him. Um, I just think it's understated that as a rookie, the dude averaged 22 points per game in 28 minutes per. That's, that's right. like actually insane. You know, side note, I'd love it if we could take Zion next door to Buckley's, the bar next to Rotowire headquarters. He looks like he could pound some nachos and Wisconsin beers really well. He's got the Shannon Ken gut on him. Ken, he's under 21. I don't appreciate you. (laughs) Wait, is he still on? Oh, my goodness, you're right. Promoting underage drinking on the Rotowire. My apologies. I did not. I I thought he was 21. He's 20 coming into the season. My apologies. Yeah, let's go go back and look uh, at the list of NBA players who, in their age 19 season, averaged 22 points per game. Um, It's going to be a very short list. I, I, one clarification point, Alex, you, you, you mentioned that he, uh, Rotowire projections, projections have him at 78. Was that eight category or nine category with turnovers? I guess eight category league. No, because I mean, he's could potentially also have three TOs a game, which from your power forward spot, not great. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I should last point. I'm with Shannon. I would draft him, I think, over LaMarcus Aldridge, for example. Not sure about Sabonis, but over LaMarcus Aldridge, sure. Um, Aldridge can drink twice. Isn't he 42? Yeah, he can drink, he'll drink twice. Exactly. <laughs> Ken, who do you give me? Give me someone or some. Right, what do you, I didn't what do you have the guts to go with as big a names as you guys did. That's OK. Jeremy uh, Grant's a gigantic name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. $50 million. How are you going to okay. say he's not a big name? That's true. This pains me to say it because I love the guy. I love the rooster. But Danilo Gallinari is on my overrated list. His minutes and usage are going to slip in Atlanta, even though they're paying him a ton of money. The Hawks already said Gallo's going to come off the bench. He's 32 years old now. The Thunder desperately needed his scoring last year, but Atlanta needs to develop John Collins. I don't see the shots being there for Gallo. Uh, His ADP's in the high 70s. Rotowire projections for eight categories have him at 128. I love the rooster. I just think the opportunity in Atlanta is not there like he had with the Thunder last season. Yeah, I I think you'll still see minutes in the upper 20s, right? 28 minutes is kind of what I'm expecting, and 16, 17 points possible. But he's also a guy, Ken, that has injury issues throughout his career. Um, And, yeah, that concerns me with the shortened season. That's kind of been a theme for me in my early drafts, which I've mostly been that fall. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree. I, I think, I think high seventies, that's a little, it's a little early to your point, Alex, here's his game count. The last six seasons, 59, 53, 63, 21, 68, 62 last year, obviously a shortened season last year, but, uh, a few, uh, you know, and frankly, if he has a few Knicks, like a 32 year old usually do, they have the depth to play other guys. So they're not sure. going to rush him back when he has his typical dings. Right. But maybe I'm overreacting, Shannon. Take, no, we, take on the roots. We're going to be talking about Atlanta a lot, I feel like. Um, you know, I actually, I still think Gallinari can log some minutes, not, not a ton, but some minutes at the three. Uh, there's a lot of people who disagree with me there. Um, but I, I agree. I it, Atlanta's weird. I think that we're kind of overvaluing Gallinari and Bogdanovich a little bit, undervaluing Collins and Capella a little bit, undervaluing the young guys, Herder and Hunter. Um, 
I, I think there's plenty of minutes to go around for their top seven or eight guys. You know, let's let's just look at let's Capella and Gallinari, for instance. Uh, Capella, G- Collins, and Gallinari, sorry. You've got 96 minutes at two positions for those three guys to play. They each could legitimately, they each could play 30 minutes. Um, I think more likely Collins of those three will play the most minutes. Uh, you know, I think Collins is a lock to play 30, 32 to 34 minutes. They also per game. want to get Hunter. They want to get I Hunter know. minutes at the four. They, they, and they will, but I think most of his minutes will be played at the three, um, is, is my guess. Uh, it, it, it just depends. But I, I think there are plenty of minutes where you have a scenario where Gallinari and Capella both get 28 minutes per, John Collins getting 32 or 33 minutes, and then guys like Hunter. Bogdanovich and Herder are still getting plenty of minutes as well at the two and the three. Yeah. Well, there's minutes and there's also usage, right? Like right, right. Trey Young takes a lot of shots. You know, um, it's it just we'll see how much he sets up other guys. But I cut you off there, Alex. What were you going to say? Um, no, I mean I I've heard people worry about their defense. If I there's a chance they're a top what eight offense or something yeah. like that, and they can top still easily three. make. Yeah, I mean, they could. We saw the the Mavericks last season, number one offense all time, terrible at defense, awful, and they almost beat the Clippers in round one of the playoffs because um, Doncic is that amazing and their offense was that good. So, um, you know, the they Clippers clip- are wildly dysfunctional. Yeah, well, yeah, that too, and yeah. I, I'm not as worried about uh, Hawks as some other people are. Uh, Shannon, do you have another name for us? Yeah, we've already talked about in this episode, uh, Demonis Sabonis. I I am still a, a strong believer in Miles Turner. Um, you know, the the TJ Warren news does kind of calm this down a little bit. Uh, but Sabonis is not a guy, you know, like I mentioned Zion. I would pick Zion before Sabonis. Um, I mean, Sabonis is basically a top 40 pick right now. Um, if he drops to 50 or 60, then I understand it. But if I'm if I'm looking at Zion Williamson, John Collins, those type of players, those type of big men, I'm absolutely picking them over Sabonis. Um, the only way I'm, I'm grabbing Sabonis is if he drops. So right now, like, I mean, he's gone as high as like the the mid to late 20s in some drafts, uh, which I, I think is bonkers. Um, so I'm going to fade him in most of my drafts. And even, you know, I, I'm I'm more willing. Big, big man positions, power forward center is also so interesting this year in the – 60 to 100 range. You have a lot of guys who have injury question marks, um, but I think could put up top 50 value very easy, like Jaron Jackson. I know there's an injury concern. Kevin Love, permanent injury concern. Uh, Aaron Gordon, uh, Blake Griffin, Laurie Markman. There's so many big men that I like in that 60 to 100 range that I think it's a wasted draft pick uh, picking Sabonis. Um, A guy who's great, but has somewhat of a capped ceiling, in my opinion. I think it goes back to uh, the news we read earlier is where do those T.J. Warren shots go? How many go to Aladipo? Is Aladipo healthy enough to take a lot of them? Or are they going to lean on Sabonis more? I, I honestly don't know. You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of we'll, we'll see when the season starts. But I guess I'm not dogging Sabonis as much as you just because I want to see what happens with, with Warren out of the lineup. Yeah, I... I hear what you guys are saying on Sabonis. I think I think there's a chance he will have a a slight regression year, or at least a very like stagnant year because of Oladipo coming back. I think because Olad, I think I'm with Shannon in that I think Oladipo has a good chance to come back 
and easily crush his ADP of like 80 or whatever, wherever you say it was, Shannon, and be close to an all-star player in the East again. And Sabonis, a lot of his usage came from the fact that Oladipo was out for a lot of the year and Brogdon missed like 20 games as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think he, I think Sabonis, he'll still develop. He's really young. Right. But I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if he took a small step back, you know, two fewer points, one less rebound, something like that. It, it's, it's tough. I mean, cause when you look at his production from last year, it's, it's, it is bonkers. I mean, he was, he was 18 and a half, 12 and a half and five assists. Uh, he doesn't really do anything on defense. He doesn't hit three pointers. Seventy-two percent from the line—that's not great. But he's over fifty, almost fifty-five percent from the from the floor. I—I I mean, he's essentially like uh, last year at least. He was Vucevic um, without three pointers, but more assists. So I mean, him and Vucevic were essentially like uh, neck and neck as far as value goes during the 2019-2020 season. And Vooch is probably locked in as a top 25 pick, no matter the format. So I, I don't know. I, I, I like Sabonis. I just, I don't think he has the ceiling to do any more than what he did last year. And I would, I would be surprised if he didn't regress at least a little bit. The uh, ADP I'm looking at, uh, Vucevic is in the low thirties and Sabonis, uh, around 40. Um, I mean, what I love about Vucevic is the magic go nowhere without him having big games. They utterly depended on the guy. Uh, but I've always been a Vucevic fan. Uh, all right, Alex, give us another one of your overrated players. Yeah, this is kind of a group. Uh, it's two players. Kawhi Leonard and Joel Embiid. Um, they're going 13th and 16th, respectively, on Yahoo uh, for their ADPs. These guys are a lock to miss 20 games in a normal season, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'm not saying you couldn't draft them at 12 or at 13 and 16 in a normal season. That's fine. This season, though, I'm especially worried about them. The condensed season, the four games and five nights, the, the more back-to-backs. I'm especially worried about Embiid um, because he has a just his injury woes are worse than Kawhi, right? Kawhi sits because he has a sore knee, it's tendonitis or something. Um, he kind of knows how to manage that. Embiid, it's it, it's bad for him, I think. Um, I would be surprised if Embiid plays 50 games. Um, so I just think, I, and to some extent, you look at the guys below them, and I can understand why Embiid's still going 16th, right? Are you going to take Bam out of bio over Embiid? Some people might. Um, are you going to take Devin Booker over Embiid? Still a tough call. Um, but I think you got to be wary of these guys and guys like Chris Paul, even LeBron to some extent, kind of, uh, given, you know, the, the context of the season that we're in. I agree with you a hundred percent. I, uh, I don't see what the Sixers gain unless they're, unless they're in a fight for the sixth versus the seventh, you know, to avoid the play in turning. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see. Yeah, shortened season, a missed game is a bigger deal. Yeah. I I am not uh, as worried about uh, Joel, Joel Embiid. Um, Kawhi, I am. Um, I understand that, and I, I would be hard-pressed to pick him there. But I, I actually think we're going to see the best from Embiid this year, the, you know, better than what we've seen to date. I think he's going to play a higher percentage of the games. Um, but that's just more of a gut call than anything else. Um, you know, that's what that's what the team needs. They need Embiid. They need Simmons. 
Um, and I think we're going to see those two guys step up and have their best seasons. Uh, I think, yeah, I think, I think when, when Embiid plays, he'll have the best season of his career. I, I agree with that. I'm just worried about his playing time. Yeah. I mean, his career high is 64 games. Uh, <clears throat> I certainly wish Embiid well and hope he plays a lot, but I, I'm more on the, the negative here for, for game count there. All right, gentlemen, can I throw out another overrated name here? Uh, I'm going to go with someone who I also love and hate to hate to say this, but uh, it's all about opportunities. Kelly Oubre. I was very excited for Kelly Oubre during that very brief stint with the OKC Thunder. All I could think was uses, uses, usage. Then the Golden State ownership stepped up to fill the Clay Thompson void with Oubre. And I expect his usage to sink like the Titanic, unfortunately, with the Warriors. The lane is going to be a messy rush hour traffic zone for the Warriors. I can't believe I'm saying this, but they badly need outside shooters, which is hard to say. But it's true. They have one real shooter. Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, uh, Green, they're going to stumble all over each other. Oubre is not a catch-and-shoot guy, which is what they need. I'm avoiding all Warriors because I just don't see Curry staying healthy all year either. When he goes down, this whole offense is going to be a mess. Curry hasn't played 70 games since 2016. Oubre's ADP of the upper 50s just scares the heck out of me. All right, Ken. I I disagree with you. Uh, I would actually I, – I, it depends on where you get him. If you get an Oubre in like the 70 range, which is where I've seen him go in a lot of drafts, um, I love Oubre there. I, I will go as far as, as – to say he's going to be the second leading scorer on Golden State. Um, he can spread the floor and hit threes. He hit 1.9 three-pointers per game last season on 35%. So not not great, but but good enough. Um, he also picks up defensive stats. You know, two combined stocks, 1.3 of those were steals. Um, he rebounds fairly well uh, for a small forward, 6.4 boards per game last year. Uh, I... I like him a lot with that with that uh, okay or I'm sorry the Golden State roster and I think they're going to lean on him heavily. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ken, I think if you're worried about Curry not playing games, wouldn't you be more interested in in Ubre or Wiggins? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I I I, uh, I just am working backwards from just the lack of outside shooting there. No, sure. And yeah, I just don't see. I just don't see how these pieces fit. I this offense just scares me. But, you know, I, I might reword Shannon's answer to say it sounds like you think Wiggins, Shannon, is going to be the overrated guy. Let me see what Wiggins' ADP is. Um, you know, Wiggins is, is about 10 picks behind uh, Oubre in the high 60s, where Oubre is the high 50s. Um, yeah, it's just more of a fear of this offense being a mess. And yeah. uh I don't know. I, I hope Steve Kerr's got a whole new playbook ready because he, he doesn't have the shoot. He just doesn't have the shooters he's had in the past. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm concerned about, I mean, I'm concerned about the Warriors in general. I just think like they, they have no other scorers besides Curry Wiggins and Oubre. Like those guys are going to have to shoot a lot and their percentages might not be great, but Draymond's not going to score more than 13, 14 points a game at the most Wiseman, maybe 14, 15 points a game. But in terms of like dynamic scorers, I, I, Wiggins is Wiggins could easily be their second best scorer, and it might be yes. Oubre. It's going to be close. Yeah. 
it's it's rough. It's it's a little rough, but I do like those guys. All right, I'm going to move on to one last overrated player. It's actually going to be two because these guys are kind of in a similar position. Uh, Devin Booker and Brad Beal. Um, if you drafted either one of them last year, you probably did damn good in your league. I am worried about both for this season because of the new teammates they have coming in. Uh, you know, with with Chris Paul there uh, in Phoenix, I just I see Booker taking a slight step back. Uh, he's probably still going to be good for 25 points per game, but he averaged 6.5 assists per game last season, um, six, 6.8 the year before that. I think we're going to see that dip a little bit. He's going to be um, a true shooting guard. He's not going to be the point anymore. Right, right. I mean, the ball he's get he the ball's not gonna be in his hands as much. He'll still probably get close to as many shots. I just I have a hard time picking him, you know, in the top top fifteen, giving giving the the new playmaker playing next to him. Uh, and the same goes for Beal with with Russell Westbrook there. Um, you know, John Wall. It's been a while since any of us watched John Wall play basketball. Um, but Who? John Wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, John Wall, he was he was a good, you know, he set up his teammates well. Um, Russell Westbrook does too. They both they both are double digit assist guys. Uh, but we also know how Beal played next to Wall, and it wasn't anywhere close to what we saw from Beal last season or the season before after Wall got hurt. Um, you know, Beal really took that step up after Wall left the court, and I'm worried that with Westbrook there. Beal's going to regress a little bit, still be a really good player, you know, maybe be like 25, four and five instead of 34 and six. But, uh, but again, taking him like in the top 15 range is, is tough for me. It's funny. Your, your point, Shannon, is sort of shows how what's good for fantasy isn't necessarily good for winning. I feel like both these teams, the wizards and Suns, got better, but it means less leaning on their prior stars. Uh, because yeah. they brought in new talent. Now, and I'll throw out a, a comp. So you don't have to take this guy over Beal um, or Booker because he's basically going a full round later. But like I, I personally, I'd rather have Donovan Mitchell than either of those two guys. Um, that doesn't need, mean, yeah, that doesn't, need, right? that doesn't mean I'm going to pick Mitchell at 12. But that just means I would rather target Mitchell with that later pick. All right, Alex, do you want to throw one more name out before we uh, move on? I don't have another name. Um, I'm just going to quickly say for 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 Beal, to some extent, I I think Pete's turned a corner as far as his career goes for, like, skill. And I think we saw Paul George have the best season of his career next to Westbrook. So I'm not maybe as worried about Beal as you are, Shannon. Um, I also think, like, Ricky Rubio, to some extent, was a ball dominant player. Not as much, not as much as Chris Paul. I'm also not as worried about Devin Booker. They might both be going too high in ADPs, um, a little early for me. But I'm not, I'm not too worried about either of those guys getting them at like the end of the second round or the the middle of the second round. Yeah, if you get them there, that's that's different. I mean, I've I've seen them go basically the end of the first round or top of the second. Okay. In a lot of drafts, so. I, I get it. I again, I'm not expecting big regressions for, from either of them, um, but in my, I, I when you crunch the numbers, it's going to be hard for them to replicate what they did last year. Right. All right, uh, Ken, 
I think it, it might be time for your second rant. Arr! You know what burns my red britches? Holiday haters. Half of my family refuses to do anything for the holidays. They won't decorate the tree. They won't help with the outside lights. They won't go shopping for gifts. Ah, I get it. 2020 sucks, and there's nothing to celebrate. My Christmas card literally says 2020 sucked. But damn it, regardless of religious beliefs, it's our American duty to foolishly decorate our homes, inside and out, in some sort of ugly holiday display of false happiness. And our local businesses need us right now to throw cash at them for useless crap we will throw out in six months. I don't care how pissed off you are. Am I happy? Hell no. But did I consume some bourbon muscle juice and go outside and put the lights up and the window wreaths? Hell yes, I did. And it looks stupid. I don't care. It's what I do. We need this. Get those Hanukkah lights in the window. Bring on the Kwanzaa banners. We need all the fake joy we can get right now. Fala la la la. Ah. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I don't think we had any mispronounced names that I remember, uh, but we should say before this podcast wraps up, the preseason starts today, uh, which we didn't mention at the top or really at any point throughout the pod. Um, and there I is think, DFS preseason, right, Shannon? Hell yeah, there is. Get get Hayes in your lineups. <laughs> yeah, be careful when you're playing preseason DFS. That's that's my main word of of advice there. Um, thank you everybody for joining us on the Roto Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It's presented by BetMGM. Ken, take us out of here. A few years ago, Clay Thompson was asked why he's not worried about a shooting slump. He answered, quote, I'm one of the best shooters to ever play. Get better, Clay. Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.